Millions of people. You are now tuned in to the Cyclones Podcast, where we focus on youth and high school basketball in and around Central Kentucky with interviews and basketball commentary from coaches, players, and basketball minds. And I'm your host, Coach Malik. Welcome to the Cyclones Podcast. I'm Coach Malik, and this is episode number seven. For all my returning subscribers, thanks for being a part of the Cyclone Nation. If you're new here, please subscribe. And also, please leave a comment, review, or feedback. On the show today, we have Western Hills boys basketball coach, Jeff Cody. Coach, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me again. Um, here we are again. Um, we sat down at the beginning of the season for the YouTube channel. So I guess it would only be right for us to end the season on the podcast. Well, and uh, let me let everyone know, me and you sat down last night and had a, a conversation. And I said, man, you know what? I'm going to record this. And that's going to be coming up as a bonus episode. But I thought the conversation we had last night allowed me to take a trip down memory lane. Oh, absolutely. And it was kind of funny because when we finished and I laid down last night before I went to bed, all these other things flooded my mind. I was like, oh, how could I forget that? (laughs) (laughs) So um, before we jump in, let me ask you, how's the family and how has life been dealing with this COVID-19? Well, it's, it's been an adjustment, but, but everybody's good. Um, of course, you know, being a teacher, we're still, you know, teaching from home and, and my wife, you know, she, uh, her job, she's, she's working from home. And so it's kind of, kind of funny, you know, my oldest, you know, freshman in college, then my daughter's a sophomore and then, then I've got a first grader. And so my wife's usually on conference calls all day. So, uh, I'm, I'm doing my work at school and, and I'm also, helping my first grader. And let me tell you something, this first grade math today is no joke, man. It's uh, a, <laughs> when I was growing up 35 minus two, you just knew it was uh 33, but, but now there's uh apparently there's like three steps to get to 33. So <laughs> I thought I just said, Hey, look, man, here's how we did it. <laughs> Everything worked out. <laughs> right. Well, co- coach, let me, uh, let me also say, uh, first of all, Thank you for um, supporting what we do with the Cyclones program. And also thank you for taking the time um, to come on in, in regards to supporting the podcast. I absolutely love, love to do it. I, I really love what you're doing. And, and I'm just, I'm happy to, to, to be able to just be a small part of it. Well, and we appreciate it. So, so let me, let me say this for all our listeners who don't know um, Jeff Cody, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like as you said, you know, we head boys coach at Western Hills High School. Uh, um, but I've been uh, – this is my 20th year of, of teaching and, and coaching, and um, I just finished my seventh year at Western Hills. And uh, prior to that, I was, at, I was at Paris High School for 13 years as an assistant coach for nine, and then my last four there as, as a head coach. Um, originally from Eastern Kentucky, uh, Played uh, high school ball at Knott County Central and went on to uh, – actually, I had the opportunity to play both 
football and basketball in college and uh, chose the basketball route, um, but uh, played NAIA ball at, at Alasoy College and, and, you know, finished up with a, with a good career there. And uh, honestly, I really didn't have a desire to coach. Um, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a state policeman. That's, really? That was my goal. Yeah, that was my goal. I was going to be a state trooper. And uh, I can get into that a little more later of how those paths, <laughs> how, how it happened. But uh, long story short, I, uh, when I finished playing, the, my college coach said, Hey, why don't you stay on and, you know, kind of be like a graduate assistant. And then uh, he said, why don't you go into teaching and coaching? And so, I said, all right, so here I am. You jumped us from A to Z. I'm going to give you an opportunity to walk us from A to Z. T tell us that progression in regards to how you got into coaching and that decision not to be the um, on the other side, the state trooper, and how that, you know, put put you on the path to the position that you're in right now. What's kind of funny is, is you know, I'm a firm believer in, in – and God puts us where he wants us. I, I truly believe that. And, and sometimes at the beginning, it, it might not seem like that's where we want to be, but I think we find in the end that everything works out and, you know, and, and his plans are greater than, than my plans. That's for sure. And um, so let me just go back just, just for a second, you know, even in high school, graduating high school, I had the opportunity to, to go to Moorhead state to, to play football and, uh, Right before I left, the coaches at Alice Lloyd had contacted me and they said, "Hey, if it you know if it doesn't work out, we'd love to we'd love to have you come here and play basketball." But since I was little, I, I really wanted to play college football, or so I thought. And um, but I knew before I left, I was like, "Man, I want to play basketball," but I had to give it that shot, you know. Um, so I get to Moorhead, I realize I, I want to play basketball. And so the coaches out slowly, it's like, hey, you know, we told you, we, you know, you're more than welcome. And so I ended up out of Sloyd uh, playing basketball. But since I was young, I, I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a state policeman. That, that's all I wanted to be. And so I majored in history, straight history, no teaching degree, nothing. And so spring of '98, my last my last season playing, we got beat in the conference tournament and in, in the semifinals and. Uh, Two weeks later, I'm taking the uh, the written exam to, uh, for the state police academy, and uh, so I do I do well on it, pass it. The next week, I got to go back for the uh, for the obstacle course, the physical challenge. You know, I was I was in good shape, so pass that, and uh, then I get to the interview. So I go to the interview. I'm still living in the dorm. Um, I throw on a button up and a pair of khakis, just go to the interview, and I walk in. And everybody's got a coat and tie. And I'm like, ah, uh, why did I did not think of that? <laughs> I just got up and let, you know, went. So I went and interviewed. The cutoff that day was a 29 and, and I got a 28. Mm. And uh one one of the ladies in the interview is like, Hey, in six months, come back and try this again. Wear a coat and tie. You'll have, you know, it'll work out. Right. So so I was like, all right. So I get back to campus, <clears throat> excuse me, my college coach says, hey, uh, look, if that doesn't work out, why don't you stay on, be a graduate assistant? You've already got the history degree, take all the education classes, just and go into teaching and high school coaching. And from that moment on, 
I just, I never thought about the state police thing again. I was like, all right, sure, why not? And it just, so I served as assistant coach that year and then uh, got into high school coaching and here I am. So let me ask you, Coach, um, from from there, um, what was your stops in between, you know, that beginning uh, position and Western Hills now? Once I once I finished up all the, you know, it just took me a year to take the education classes because I already had all the history. And um, so right in May of in May of 99, that would have been, uh, I've, you know, I was kind of finished up that year as graduate assistant. My, you know, this is kind of funny how things work. My high school coach had left not central and he'd went, actually went to Breathitt County High School. And he had just happened and I had been, a, you know, I really hadn't talked to him since I graduated because he had moved on to another school as well. But he had, uh, he actually called my college coach and said, Hey, I'm looking for an assistant coach. Do you all have anybody graduating that would, that would, you know, fit the bill and he's like well actually i got one of your former players and so i ended up student teaching at Breathitt county high school and and jim rose was was my high school coach so i ended up uh coaching under uh, coach rose for a year at Breathitt county and then uh, my wife and i moved to lexington and uh i just started applying to to schools around lexington in lexington around lexington and I got a call from Paris, and so that started my my thirteen year journey there. And the coach, <clears throat> let's jump forward a little bit, and, and let's talk about let's talk about Western Hills this year, boys basketball. When we sat down early in the year, things were were, were kind of on an upward turn. Um, everything was positive, doing a little winning. Team chemistry was was pretty good. Now, as I followed. Um, the thing, the team, for the remainder of the season, season, I've seen some roller coaster action going on. So, um, give us some insight in regards to um, your analysis from the season: the good, the bad, um, the things that have to be changed. Just, just break it down for us in regards to what happened the second half of the season. Well, the good is, you know. I think we were, we had people talking that, hey, you know, when was the last time the, the game of the week in the district was, you know, Western Hills was involved in it, you know, and so we go to Great Crossing and, uh, you know, we're undefeated in the district and they're undefeated. So, you know, number one seeds on the line and, and you know, we, t we I think we ended up losing by four the first time, maybe six the second time. Uh, but like you said, it did kind of, we didn't finish. Um, and a lot of that immature, a lot of kind of, I don't want to say immaturity, but, but I'll use that for lack of a better word right now, because when we did hit a roadblock and I think it started with the, uh, the, you know, the second time we played Franklin County, cause, cause, you know, in, in the film session the next day, you know, I, I pointed out, you know, we came out, we were hot, we, and, and then Franklin County kind of settled in. And we get, and of course, our big guy got in foul trouble early, which that didn't help. But you still got to find a way. And, um, you know, the guys even told me, you know, and I asked them, I was like, so, so what was your mindset? And, you know, they even said, well, you know, 
we won last time, so we thought it was it was going to be easy. And I said, look, I said, that is the worst mentality to have. I said, because I'm going to tell you what, every, you know, Franklin County, Frankfurt, Great Crossing, I said, they want to beat you as bad as they can, you know, just like you want to beat them. I said, you know, despite the success that you had, you know, we're still not at a level where teams are, are going to just roll over for you. I said, you're, you're not at that level. We're not at that level. And so just inconsistency, you know, late, you know, we got to, we'd win a game and then we'd lose a game and then we'd win a game. And then, and then we drop some, you know, we dropped some games that we should have won. And, and I think some of those were just going back to that immaturity of looking at the schedule and saying, Oh, well, they've only won this many games and, and we've played good against this team. So therefore, you know, everything's going to work out to our advantage. So it was a good learning curve for them, though, you know, and, and hopefully through that, you know, they, they learned a, a, a valuable life lesson, you know, like, look, you know, an opportunity has gone. And, and every time an opportunity presents itself, you got to take advantage of it. And so, you know, we ended up with, you know, 14 wins, which, which is good for what Western Hills has done. But, you know, I look at it and think, man, we could have had 20 wins, you know, but, uh, they played hard. I think we played hard all year. There may be one game that, that I was kind of saying, like, look, we just didn't really give effort. But, you know, I think we, we took a major step, though, this year. And, and I'm I'm going to agree with you in regards to that statement. Now, And I don't want to say this in a negative way, but the culture is shifting, and, and there's no doubt about that, that, the program is moving in the right direction, not only from a record sense, but you can see that the teams that take the floor for the Western Hills boys basketball teams have a different mojo, so to speak. They're, they're more together. They're more in tune with one another as opposed to what you've seen in the past, which is in some ways a lot of, you know, one-on-one -on -one play. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think so, and I and I saw it. I really saw that. I saw some things this year for the first time that really I hadn't seen at Western Hills. And as a coach, it I kind of sat back and, and talked to my assistants and said, "We're making progress." You know, when I've seen when I see guys call out other guys and holding them accountable, you know, that's when you that's when you start making that making that shift. And, and we really saw that this year. Um, you know, culture, you know, winning's hard, you know, and, and changing culture is hard. You know, some places it's, it's easy. It, or I'm not going to say easy. It's easier, perhaps, maybe. You know, at Western Hills, the, the biggest obstacle has been guys to just continuously, even when you get, you know, not down, man. Just get up, you know. Keep going. And, and before we've had guys that kind of just want to lay there. And and I'm not. And 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 I've had great kids. Um, I've had great. I couldn't ask for better kids. You know, they worked hard in the classroom, which is most important. Um, but sometimes just getting that self drive um, to to push themselves beyond the limits. But this year, you know, we had a couple of guys. We had to have a team. We had to have a little little powwow together. And, and I pulled some other guys in and I said, hey, look, you know, you got to hold guys accountable. And, and, and I saw that, you know, this year I saw that take place. 
And so I knew then I was like, all right, we're, we're starting to, to turn the corner. Well, me and you kind of made mention to that very fact last night when we were talking about um, when we used to play pickup basketball. What no coaches out there? What what no uh, anybody from faculty out there? But we was holding each other accountable out there on that basketball court, even for pickup ball. So history tells you that the best teams police themselves, so to speak, for lack of a better word. You know, the coach is just there to oversee because if we're in the same mind state and we're pushing for the same goal, then we all know that there's a standard that we have to live up to. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's what I try to tell them. It's like, look, you know, it's – your best friend can be on the team, but when you step between those lines, it's okay to hold him accountable. Okay, if 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 he's messing around and, and you allow it, then, you know, that's on you as well. But also one of the things, though, that that guys have to learn, there's a it's not always yelling at the player. Okay, it's not always, you know, one player just yelling at the player, you know, and, and I told our guys this, too. If you want to be that leader, then you've also got to lead by example. <clears throat> you know, they've got to, uh, you know, we. We do a little thing. We we talk about a foxhole in the military. You know who who and and uh, I was trying to think of the team that I got it from. Uh, actually, I stole it from from a college team. But they give the paper out, and there's three circles inside of a big circle. And they said, "All right, this is your foxhole. And if you're going to battle, one of them's you. Who's the other two that you want with you? Who's the other two that you know without a doubt that they're not going to bail out on you?" when things get hard, when things get heavy. And I, and I tell guys, I said, look, that might not be your best friend. You know, that might not be your best friend. So who, who, who can you count on that you know is, is going to do what it takes to, you know, when it's, when it's a minute to go and you need that rebound or you need somebody to dive on the floor, you know, who's it going to be? That's right. And, and I think that's why it's important for us as coaches, not only to, tell kids to be leaders but define to them what leadership is right absolutely and, and it's a huge difference too and and being a being a freshman in high school and being in a college or being a college freshman here's what i mean by that when, when you're a freshman in high school and you're coming in and and we start our our conditioning in the fall you know i have to tell these upperclassmen like look these these kids are 14 you know you, you can't you know, you have to teach them how to handle those kids. You know, you can't just constantly berate them and say, you know, hurry up, finish. You know, now if you're a freshman in college, that's totally different. You're 18, 19 years old. You know, you're you're a, you're a man at that point. And so it's really you just have to teach them, you know, how to. Because I say, look, you all, you you were those guys, you know, three years ago. So you know, remember what it was like. But encourage them. You know, be a teammate. Now, and I know you've probably watched a ton of game film since the end of the season, you know, kind of prepping for next year. How was that? How is this COVID going to affect what you can do or what you would like to do going into the summer? Well, right now we, um, you know, we, we can't do anything in June. Um, so we just, every week, you know, I'll send a workout and, and um, you know, it's, because, you know, a lot of guys, you don't have the weights at home. So a lot of it's body weight, it's ball handling, it's jump roping. 
And it, that part of me, I'm not going to say like it because because you always want to be around your players. But I think part of it is a positive because now I think it creates a little self-discipline, right? I'm coaching, uh, you know, I'm not there every day in the weight room with you. I'm not there, you know, this isn't normal what we're doing. So you got you got to be able to push yourself. This is your eighth year as Western Hills coach, correct? Yeah, heading into my eighth. Okay. So at this point in, in your career, Coach, what, what is your goals as a coach? Um, g- give me some insight on, you know, what you're looking at in regards to Coach Cody moving forward. My goals as, as a coach is still to every, every year – is is to to put a team on the floor <clears throat> excuse me that's going to compete um obviously you know when you when you talk about goals as as a coach you know my obvious goal is to win a championship and if you're not coaching to win a championship then then you probably you know should reevaluate things i <laughs> think you know about it at, at western hills you know there's been I think there's been three district champions. Um, and, you know, I want that, you know, I want that, I want that championship. Um, but at the same time, I want guys to, to go on, whether if they want to play college ball or if they, or if, if they're going into the workforce, whatever they're going to do, I want them to be the best that they can be from a coaching and a competitor standpoint, and I, I, I want to win the championship. So I know what motivates me to, to go into this every day, you know, with very little gratitude and not, not a lot of pay. What, what motivates you to coach and, and to continue to grow as a coach? Well, my, you know, my goal is obviously to, to win a championship. And, um, you know, that's why, that's why you play, you know, you, you go out every night and you compete and you play. And, and I always tell my guys, you know, uh, I want, I want a championship ring. I mean, it's, I want one in the worst way possible. And, uh, so that's, you know, that's my, that's my goal. But also at the end of the day, um, I want to see my guys to go on and be, to be, you know, productive members of, of, of their community. I want to see them be leaders within their community. You know, if you're going to college, you know, even if you're going to play ball, if you're just going to go to college to, to go into business or, or whatever have you, just be, be the best that you can be at whatever. But, you know, I, I still, I mean, I love coaching. I have a passion for it. And and uh, as long as, as I wake up every day with a desire to do it, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to continue to do it. And, and right now, my, my desire is as strong as ever. So what, what fuels that desire? What, what's your motivation to, to coach and to, to go out every day and do uh, a job that doesn't show a lot of gratitude? And, of course, you're not making a lot of money. So what's your motivation to do that? Well, it's it's, um, it's easy, and I, and I say that jokingly. <laughs> I mean, every, every night we play, you know, there's there's 300 people that 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 help me, and and you know they they're always letting me know what I'm doing wrong. So it's it's an it's an easy gig, no. But but seriously, um, that's you know that that's part of the, that's part of it, and 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 I like that honestly. Um, but what drives me is the end of each season. 
um, heading into the next. You know, so last, you know, last season, um, the the eighteen nineteen season, you know, when the scene, you know, Cameron Loman and James Robertson and Nate and Carlos and Peyton and 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 we finished. You know, we had we had a good season, and that drove me into this year. And 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 this year we took another step, and and so, you know, losing Matson and, and Poppy and DJ, but but we returned three starters. You know, Eric and Zach and and Big Walter, and uh, you know, then we got some other guys that played a lot of minutes coming back. So that's what drives me is, and you know, I'm I'm just excited about it, and and I know this this off season hasn't been traditional. But it's given me a chance to really go back and just study and and talk to others and and learn from others. Because if you're not if you, if you get to the point that you think that that you know everything, then then you're in trouble. And and I've always considered myself, you know, and to to be. I've always said, look, I, I don't know everything. I don't. Um, but you're always learning. You're always studying. And. And, you know, what works for one coach might not work for another because everybody doesn't have the same makeup of a team. But um, it's just a desire. Really, it's a desire to get better. And, and that's what drives me. So in, in that process of growth, tell me who's been one of the most influential person in your life when it comes to coaching, people, person, what have you. There's been quite a few. Uh, can I give you more than one? Of course. <laughs> um, I will say first, uh, I, I you know my, my high school coach, uh, Jim Rose. Um, you know he was his approach was, was was totally different, and I mean he put the utmost confidence in us as players, and he. Uh, you know, if he came in my house right now, if he walked in the store right now and told me to get off this podcast and go run, I, I would, um, out of fear that, that I would disappoint him if I didn't. Um, quick story on him real quickly, just to show how much confidence he had in us. We, you know, my sophomore, junior, senior year, we, you know, we won our region and, and played in the Sweet 16. And so my senior year, we're going into the semifinals at Hazard. We're playing Hazard at Hazard in the semifinals of the region and uh so school dismisses and we're we get changed and we're heading out to practice and so practice starts at 3 45 and we're in there we're shooting and he he doesn't show up and he's in his office the coaches are in their office about four o'clock they're still in meeting about 4 15 they're still meeting and and so by this time we were like hey well this, you know we're doing our layups we're going through our drills on our own and and he comes out at 4 30 and he takes a look around and he calls us in he says you know what he said, we're ready. He's like, bus leaves tomorrow at five. And that, and he, but you know what, though? He knew what he was doing. It wasn't just, you know, he didn't want to practice today. He knew what he was doing because he had such a pulse of us. And um, and that actually fired us up even more. It wasn't because we got to leave early. It was just because, like, yeah, he believes in us. He knows we're ready. And uh, so we go out and, you know, we, we win the region. <laughs> and, uh, right but he had that much confidence in us. And, and so just learning from him. And, and then when I was at Paris, Carrie Barr, who, who I was an assistant under and, and coach Barr is pro, he's, he's one of the best human beings that, that you'll ever meet. And, and he taught me more about 
it wasn't so much on the winning side, you know, because he's won over 300 games as, as a head coach. It was more about things behind the scenes, such as, I mean, I mean, that man did so much for those kids at Paris that people in Paris will never know really how much he did, how much he took care of them, the money that he spent out of his own pocket for those kids. And, and that really motivated me, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, I saw, all right, coaching is more, you know, as a, as a 25 year old, you know, you think you're going to, you're going to win repeated state championships and it's all about winning and, and, and so forth. But I learned real quick, like, you know, the impact that, that you're going to have on people's lives goes far beyond the court. And then um, the football coach, Brian Washington, you know, at Paris, he and I coached together for several years, football and basketball. I coached football for six years. Uh, but the conversations we would have. Um, and then, of course, Don Miller, at, at the football coach at Western Hills, you know, he's become a really good friend. And, and we've talked repeatedly just about, from the mental aspect of the game and um, you know, the conversations that he and I've had. Um, so, th so they've been, they've been huge. I, I would say they've been, you know, those four have been huge influences on me, but the style of play, um, you know, college, my college coaches as well, you know, played a huge influence, but, but I would say, you know, those four in particular. Coach, I would like to thank you um, for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to sit down um, we're going to have to put together some more roundtables here in the future because you're like me. You can talk basketball all day long. Yeah, it sounds fun. I love it. We we want to wish yourself and the Western Hills program um, continued success and uh, like to part by giving you an opportunity. Any last words for the listeners? Just, you know, dearness. This time we, you know, I, actually yesterday I recorded, I had the opportunity to to give the baccalaureate address to the class of 2020 at Western Hills. And, and one of the things we talked about was, you know, and, we, and it's even basketball, we'll, you know, we'll say this, you know, I don't understand why this happened. Why did this have to happen? You know, why, you know, my senior year, why, why did I not get a traditional graduation? Why did I not get a prom? But, you know, you know, that's life, you know, things happen and we encounter road bumps and, and so forth. But, you know, at the end of the day, we have to value time. And this time that we're in is definitely unusual. But here's the thing about it is we're still here. You know, we can't change it. So you got to make the best of it, you know, make the most of it, you know, go, go study, go read up on something, develop a new hobby. Heck, I, I know I'm taking up a lot of time here, but one of the things I've always wanted to do was learn how to work the Rubik's Cube. <laughs> and then the quarantine hit, and I was like, all right, I've got time. <laughs> so sure enough, it took me two weeks of watching these YouTube videos, <laughs> but I learned how to do the Rubik's Cube. So right. I've accomplished something over the quarantine. <laughs> and, and I think that's the strongest message. Um, we, we are in adverse times. Um, and only those that continue to be strong get through the adversity. Hey, and it's a great lesson for our athletes out there to really show them that, you know, sometimes things are not going to go your way, but, but you still can make progress. You still can make progress. To everyone listening, thanks for being a part of the Cyclone Nation. 
please share with a friend, relative, or colleague. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and leave a review. For Jeff Cody, I'm Coach Malik, Cyclones Podcast.